0: No matter what happens in the world, God is still in control, a very present help in times of trouble. Let Dr. David Jeremiah help you start each day renewed and refreshed with his new yearly devotional called Strength for Today. This beautiful leather soft book features short readings reminding you to hold tight to God's faithfulness and find wisdom from God's Word. Receive Strength for Today in appreciation for your gift this month. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca.
1: Some people deal with fear by learning self-defense or carrying a weapon. But if you're a believer, you have the best weapon against fear, your faith. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his look at how faith can help you defeat fear, straight from someone who has conquered fear many times. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, Facing Our Fears With Faith.
2: Well, today what you're going to listen to is David on David. That's right, David Jeremiah talking about David the psalmist and his encouraging words to us in Psalm 34. Before we get to um, part two of Facing Our Fears with Faith from the 34th Psalm, I want to just once again tell you how important it is that you participate with us in this ministry Uh, I know that everybody can do something. Not everybody can do a lot. Not everyone can um, send large amounts of money, but everyone can do what they can do. That's all that God uses. You know, He doesn't um, require us to do what we can't do. He he asks us to do what we can do, and that's— all we've ever asked. And we know that if enough people do that, we have more than enough to extend this ministry to the four corners of the earth, and that's what we're in the process of doing. We're in the process of preaching the gospel to the whole world. And every day, every month, there's a new place where we weren't before where we now are because of people just like you. So during this month, when you help us with our worldwide outreach of the truth of God's Word— we want to send you this book by Rob Morgan. It will enhance your life. It will make you better. It will help you during these sometimes discouraging days to get on top of the pile and not down underneath the circumstances where a lot of people seem to be living. In the prologue of his book, Rob Morgan says this, Problems can last a long time, but they can't last forever. But promises can, and God's promises do. And of all of his promises, Romans 8:28 is the most encompassing promise in Scripture. It encapsulates all the other promises from Genesis to Revelation. And when you read this book, you will find that out. This is the number one promise in the Bible, and Rob Morgan has um, given us a 200-page book on the 28 words of Romans 8:28. You must have this. You must start reading it. You will be encouraged and blessed. You will be better when you're finished than you are when you start. I promise you that. Yours for the asking during the month of February when you send your gift to help us in the work that we have been called to do in the preaching, teaching, and broadcasting of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now let's finish up our discussion of Psalm 34 as we talk about facing our fears with faith.
0: You know, it's a courageous thing to sing praise to the Lord when we don't feel like it. Mostly when we're afraid, we don't feel like singing to the Lord. To begin to lift up his name when we are cast down. My suggestion to you in your fearful moments, when your anxiety starts to reach its fingers out and clutch at your heart, find Psalm praise music that has meant something to you in the past. Something that you know well and just begin to sing it. Whether you're a good singer or not, lift your voice up in joyful praise to the Lord. Sing along with the singers on the CD. Praise the name of God." Through it all was written by a man named Andre Crouch. The song came out near the time when I went through an experience with a sickness in my wife's life, which was very difficult for me, and I took that song, I had just heard it for the first time, and I put it in my car. It was a cassette player, and it wasn't an eight-track, so don't look at me like that. Yeah, right. It was a cassette player. And I played that song over and over again. I actually wore the tape out. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And that song ministered to my heart and got me through that time. I learned the words I sang with the musicians. And I've discovered that in almost every situation that God has put me in in my life. He's given me a song. When I came back here for the first time after having been gone to take the therapy for the cancer I had, the choir knew the song God had given me. They sang it the first day I came back. And I was melted on the front row listening to it. I want you to know when you're going through a time of fear, here's what you should do. Lord God, give me a song. Go back through the music you know and ask God to give you a song and let that song play on the CD of your heart and God will begin to wipe away the fear and anxiety from your life. What did David do? He offered up worship to the Lord. Secondly, when we are afraid, we can own our own problem. I only have a moment to mention this, but isn't it interesting that David comes before the Lord at this moment and he is filled with humility. David is not arrogant. He is filled with humility. Look down at your Bibles in the 34th chapter and the Psalm and notice verse 6. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. David didn't say this strong man because he wasn't feeling all that strong. He'd just been totally embarrassed. He had to fake insanity to escape the situation he got himself in because he walked away from the direct paths of God. This poor man cried out to God. And God said, no, I only accept the strong. (laughs) No. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all of his fears. One of the things that's very difficult for us to learn how to do as Christians is to be honest in our prayers. Somewhere along the way, we got the idea that even in our private time, our prayers have to be very proper with all the right language and all of that. But David doesn't give us any way to follow that pattern. For in this passage of Scripture, over and over again, we discover different terms for prayer that David uses. He realizes his own weakness. He says, I am poor. And in essence, he was. He'd had no food. He had no weapon until he borrowed one. He was alone and abandoned. But he cried out to the Lord. You say, Pastor Jeremiah, how do I do this? What do you want me to say? Say what's in your heart. Maybe a good place to start would be, Lord, I am afraid of or because of and fill in the blank. What do we usually do? Lord, help me in my time of fearfulness. No, no. Lord God, I come to you today because I'm so fearful of the future. I thought we had the future laid out and the future disappeared during this time. And Lord God, what do we do? I feel the fear clutching at my heart. Or Lord God, I'm so afraid because my son or my daughter is at the front of the military enterprise. or Whatever it is, tell the Lord in living color. Read the Psalms and you will discover David left nothing out. David cried out to the Lord and in his words he told God exactly how he was feeling. And you say, well, didn't God already know? Yes, but God wanted to know that David knew. And David cried out in fear. And I find that to be so helpful to me. That's what happens when I journal I become very precise in what I tell the Lord, and it's usually far more definitive than the generalities that usually find their ways into our prayers. He offered up praise, he owned his own problem, and then he overcame through prayer. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. In this passage of Scripture, there are a number of phrases for prayer. Some of them are pretty interesting. Verse 4, I sought the Lord. Verse 6, this poor man cried out, Verse 10, those who seek the Lord. Verse 17, the righteous cry out. Interestingly enough, the term cry out is twice found in this list. And it's a very interesting term. I'm going back to speak at the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City. and I have so many wonderful memories of that church because I was there during some challenging days in my life. I was there, first of all, when I had found out that I was sick and those people all promised to pray for me, which was such an encouragement. I went back after I had gotten better, and that's when I found out that those people have a different way of intercession. One after another, they came up to me and they said to me, Oh, Dr. Jeremiah, we cried out to God for you. Every one of them said that. We cried out to God for you. It didn't say we prayed for you. We asked God to heal you. We cried out to God for you. How many of you know there's prayer and then there's crying out to God? And all of us have cried out to God in moments of fear and uncertainty. We don't worry about being proper then, do we? We get rid of all our these and thous and we divorce ourselves from a commitment to Christian ease and we just tell God what's in our heart. Cried out to God. Perhaps you're some among those who sometimes say to me, well, pastor, I cry out to God and I pray and it doesn't seem like anything gets better. This thing is a gigantic struggle for me and I don't know if I want to go through it again. I was reminded this week of a passage of writing by C.S. Lewis that's in Mere Christianity, the primer on Christianity that he gave us. And it's something that I think we all have to take to heart today. Here's what C.S. Lewis says about the issue of our moods and our feelings when we pray He says, faith is the art of holding on to things your reason once accepted. In spite of your changing moods. For moods will change whatever view your reason may take. He says, I know that by experience. Now that I am a Christian, I do have moods in which the whole thing looks very improbable to me. But when I was an atheist, I had moods in which Christianity looked terribly probable to me. That is why faith is such a necessary virtue. Here's my favorite phrase. Unless you teach your moods where to get off, you can never be a sound Christian. Isn't that true? If you let your Christianity be ruled by your moods, here's how C.S. Lewis tells you you end up. He says a creature like that is a creature dithering to and fro with its beliefs really dependent on the weather and the state of one's own digestion. Not a very good foundation for your faith. In these days of fearfulness, we have a choice to make. Even when we don't understand, maybe we feel like the ceiling is brass and our prayers aren't getting out of the room. What we need to do then is really concentrate on what we know. We need to say, Lord God, I don't understand why this continues or why I do not sense an answer from you. But what I do know is that you're a loving God, that you sent your son into this world for my salvation, and you've promised that in the giving of Jesus, you would also give us freely all things. I know that you answer prayer. I may not feel that you're answering mine, but I know that you have heard me. I continue to wait for the answer, and I will not be dissuaded by the fact that I'm having a bad day. That's where our faith enters into our fears. That's when we decide that we have a choice that we can make. We can be depressed, or we can listen to God's word and take our cue from him. I know things are scary, just as for me, for you. But I've chosen to take my cues from the almighty. Finally, when we are afraid, we can obtain God's provision. I can only summarize this, but let me tell you that several times in this psalm we are told that when David prayed, God heard and he delivered him. That was the message of the psalm. In fact, the words saved or deliver are found six times in the psalm. Verse 4, he heard me and delivered me from my fears. Verse 6, the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 17 and 18, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Verse 19, many are the difficulties of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. How many of you know that when we pray to God in the time of fear, He delivers us. He may not take the fearful thing away, but he delivers us from the spirit of fear and gives us the spirit of love and power and a strong mind. How many are thankful for the deliverance of the Lord here? Amen. Well, let me give you something that will top that. Not only does God give us deliverance, he gives us the deliverer. Notice what it says in Psalm 34. It says in Psalm 34 that the angel of the Lord, verse 7, encamps all around those who fear him. Let me just break that out for you. You know who the angel of the Lord is? It's the Lord Jesus himself. You say, man, this is the Psalms. He doesn't come until Luke. In the Old Testament, in several places, we have what we call the pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. The theological term for it is a Christophany an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament before he is actually born. Somebody says, how does that happen? Well, the same way that happened when Jesus was born of a virgin without the agency of a man and became the miracle child. If God could bring him into the world for the 30 years he was on this earth that way, don't you think he could give him an opportunity to visit now and again before he came? And he did. In certain situations, the Lord Jesus appears as a theophany, a Christophany in the Old Testament. And here's one. The word angel of the Lord appears three times, once in Psalm 34 and twice in Psalm 35. The angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus himself, pre-incarnate Jesus. And David said, when I was in fear in the cave and I was overwhelmed with what had happened and what was happening, the angel of the Lord encamped all around me. And what I want to tell you, friends, is this. When you go through your time of fear, God not only promises you deliverance, he promises you the deliverer himself. He comes to set up his camp in your heart. And the most fearful time you will ever have as a follower of Christ will probably be the time when you sense the presence of the Lord like you have never sensed him before. Because the Lord delights to encamp in the trouble and terror of his people. He comes himself to bring us encouragement. The presence of the Lord. I've been there once or twice when I felt as if I could reach out and touch him. I don't have that experience often. Both of them were times when I was very much afraid. Oh, how blessed we are to know this. That if we trust the Lord and we worship him and we pray to him and we tell him what's in our heart, the Lord promises to deliver us from our fears and to send the Deliverer himself into our very lives. If I were a fearful person, and I don't think I am. I mean, I've had my moments, but I don't live there. But if I were a fearful person, I probably would go and buy Max Licato's book. I don't have any stake in that, but it's a great book. But I think the most practical thing I would do would be to take the verses that are in the Bible that promise us the Lord's help in times of stress, And I would get acquainted with them. And I thought what I'd do today as we close is just give you my favorite ones. I have about six or seven, and I'm going to read them. I'm not going to comment on them. I'm going to tell you what to do with these, so don't forget, don't try to write them down. You will never be able to do it. Don't even try to find them. I can't wait for you. But write down the address. That's very important, and I'll tell you what to do with that address. Write down every Scripture's address. The address of the first one is Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of a good courage, and do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6. Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27.1. Psalm 56.3, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Psalm 56.3. Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. For those of you who fear terrorism and what can happen in our nation, here's a great one. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five: the fear of man brings a snare. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And maybe the best of all, Isaiah forty one ten: fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I've given you these verses in the order in which they appear in the Bible. Here's my suggestion. If you can remember one of them, I'm going to tell you how you can remember all of them. Go to the first verse that I gave you, which is in Deuteronomy, and in the margin of Deuteronomy 31.6, write Psalm 27.1. Go to Psalm 27.1, and in the margin of Psalm 27.1, write Psalm 56.3. Do that in all of these passages, and when you get to Isaiah 41.10, write Deuteronomy 31.6. If you find one of them, you found them all. Amen? I'm counting on the fact that you might be able to remember one out of all of these. (laughs) That's how I work. (laughs) But what a blessing when you find your own little reference that you put in your own Bible to help you in times of fearfulness. And then read those verses. Just follow them through, and you'll never forget them. God will use his word to strengthen your heart and to bring peace in the times of fear. There's one other verse about faith. I'm not even going to ask you to turn to it. I'm just going to tell you what it says. There's a verse in the New Testament that says that there are some people who live all of their lives in the bondage of fear because of their fear of death. It goes on to say that Jesus Christ came into this world to remove that bondage and to take away that fear. Perhaps the greatest fear that we face, and certainly the most powerful and the final one, is the fear of death. And the Bible says that God has made a plan for us so that the fear of death never has to be an issue for us again. Now, I want to say this, and I don't want you to think I'm trying to be spiritual arrogant. I am not afraid of death. I don't want to die. I mean, please don't get those two things mixed up. I'm not afraid of death, and I don't want to die. But I know a lot of people that death, to them, is a terror For them, death is something they can't deal with, something they can't even talk about. Death is the undiscussed subject. And here's what the Bible says. When you get Jesus as your Savior, the fear of death, you can take it off your list. You don't have to be afraid again. You know why? Because the Bible says when he comes to live within your heart, he takes away your sin and he makes you fit for heaven. And when you die, you don't really die. You just go in the ground as a body and your soul goes immediately to be with the Lord waiting the rapture. When our bodies will be resurrected and we will spend eternity with the Lord. You know how the Bible says it for a Christian? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. When I die, I just got graduated. That's all. I went to be with the Lord. I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to die. I've got a lot of living yet I want to do here on this earth. And I want to serve the Lord for as long as I can. But I don't lay awake at night thinking, oh my goodness, what if I die? The Bible says that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you will never die. You say, now, pastor, that can't be right. No, no, it's right. What that means is you will never die spiritually. You know what it means to die spiritually? It means to be separated forever from God. Spiritual death is similar to physical death. Physical death means to be separated from your body. But spiritual death means you are separated from God forever, and there is no cure for that problem. The only way you can be sure you will not die spiritually is to accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord. The old adage is this, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. And maybe not even then. Because I think we're going to be around when the Lord comes back. We might even beat the first death. So here's my question to you. Do you want to spend the rest of your life, wherever you are on the age cycle, wondering and worrying and being afraid of death, or do you want to settle it once and for all and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into this world to pay the penalty for my sin. I receive you as my Savior. I accept what you did on the cross as full payment for my sin. I know that one day I will be with you forever, and I am not afraid of what's coming in the future because my hand is in your hand.
2: Friend, if you've never done that, if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart, I will tell you straight up, you probably should be afraid. But if you know Christ, if he's come to live within you, he brings you a peace that passes understanding and the hope of heaven is solidified. He says if you put your trust in him, he will give you the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That means the moment you believe you have eternal life and spiritually you will never die. Your old body may give out on you one day and but when that happens, the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You're going to go to heaven. That's what happens when you get eternal life. You become a follower of Christ and a recipient of the gift of eternal life. You can have that gift today. The forgiveness of your sin, the wonderful assurance of heaven, peace in your heart right now, purpose and meaning in your life. Just, just do it today. Ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior. He's never turned anybody away. He won't turn you away. And then let somebody know that you've done it so they can help you in your growth. And we'll see you right here on Monday.
1: The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. How is God using Turning Point in your life? Write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's Book of Comfort and Encouragement, God Works All Things Together for Your Good. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. Or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series Making Sense of It All here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional, and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca.
2: Winston Churchill once wrote that men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing had happened. That observation makes me wonder how many times we miss something God is trying to show us, something we want or need to know, because His still, small voice gets drowned out by the noise around us or by our own loud voices. If there's an answer you've been searching for, no matter how big or how small, take a quiet moment today and ask God to give you ears to hear and eyes to see what He is saying. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's voice on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home.